fancy, fancy graphics. <laughs> You're here with Bar Down Breakdown, just loving the fanciness. Uh, that was a little blurb from, from our homies in Out of Time. We talk about them like all the freaking time. So hopefully you enjoyed that one minute blurb. It's a great song. So we are here with John and James, Nassau Men. What's going on, gentlemen? Hey, real quick, before we get started, did you know, little piece of history, that our combined heights, all four of our heights together, put together, would still not eclipse that of one newest Islander signing, Zanane Chara, who, little did you know, 20 feet tall and just as old. So, I was just going to say, how so excited. We're, we're 22 feet tall. That guy is so I tall. I, I don't know that to be exactly true, but <laughs> uh, well, uh, dude, I will it. tell this story that I had a, a magazine as a kid from the era that when he got drafted and he was the centerfold image. And so you, you turned it and then they had a little flap at the top that you had to flip up still to yeah. just emphasize the point of how tall he was. And there was a, a whatever a ruler next to him. And it was like six, nine. Yeah. Um, from what so, I, from what I hear that Lou Lamariello like had this planned like six years in advance or something. Cause that's kind of what he does. And when they were building UBS, they were like, we got to build it 15 feet taller just to put Chara inside of the building. So yeah, he has his own locker room stall. I bet it's already great, done. man. He like, you know, he can't even like zip line in from the top. Like Shawn Michaels did in like WrestleMania in like 1996. Cause he's just, he touches the, the ceiling. So it's great. I'm stoked to have him, but I'm stoked to have you guys on the podcast. It's, it's been a long freaking time coming. So it's pumped, uh, pump time, pumped time all the time for you guys to be on here. So, uh, let's just like kind of dive right in. So, uh, for those of you who have not had an opportunity to check out your podcast, just give us a little bit of uh, insight on like what you guys are doing. Uh, John, do it. Go ahead. No, I was I was pointing towards you. <laughs> You're the personality uh, of the whole thing. Oh yeah, uh, he likes to say that I'm the Steve Dangle of the podcast because I get all you know high high and mighty sometimes. No, um, yeah, you know we're uh, once a week, every week, you know, dabbling with the idea of uh, going live at you know post games and, and breaking news and stuff. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But yeah, Nassman Hockey Podcast. We can be found on all your podcasting platforms. You can follow us on YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, all socials. So. Uh, we're all over. Once a week, we uh, you know get into some deep analysis on you know what's happened in the previous week as far as games, um, any breaking news, any trades and stuff like that. And then you know, like I said, we're still dabbling with the the idea of doing uh, live post game reactions and, and and breaking news stories and stuff like that. So uh, they were popular during the playoff run. Yeah, we had a, for sure. we had a, a lot of people kind of jump on after the games. Then we just posted as a podcast, and it still had a you know pretty good listenership. I think. Yeah, which is so you guys are a Rangers podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, New, New yeah. York. Rangers you can't sure. you can't see it, but all this stuff <laughs> and, that I'm looking at is all Rangers. This stuff. flag I have here is it's yep. fake. It changes actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just wanted to clarify. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess tell us the story of how you guys linked up because I listened to your podcast. I don't remember you guys ever really diving too much into like the history, the origin story, the origin. I, so it's it's really interesting. So um, we, although James doesn't anymore, and I'll let him tell you where you can find his new material. I'm not going to break that. And this is actually, 
Uh, I saw he put it already. on Twitter. Yeah, he put it on Twitter. But for your listeners, it'll be for Islander fans anyway. It'll be it'll be cool news. But I started writing for the hockey writers uh, a number of years ago, and uh, all of a sudden James James pops up in the chat. I'm like, why do I why do I know this name in, in Slack? So I go into my my Gmail, and I already had his email. It turned out we had written together at Isles Insight, yeah. um, which is the crew that was at. Uh, eyes on Isles even before that with Andy Graziano and Joe Pantorno, who's made a name for himself, Scott Charles, even Andy himself. There's yeah. been a number number of people from that crew. So apparently Jay and I knew each other from a, even a previous life for that. And then we hooked up <laughs> at the Hockey Writers. And I think one right after another, I couldn't tell you who first. We were both like, we want to start a podcast. Who wants to do it? And then we, <laughs> we just answered each other's message. And uh, here we are. It was a match made in heaven. <laughs> it, it was. We are. We, I joke that we're, we're perfectly combined here. We both have very different skills, I think. Yeah. And and yeah. kind of bring it to to the show and behind the scenes, in the scene, like all that kind of stuff, like in front of the camera, all of that. Uh, it works out pretty well. So, John, I feel like you and I are very similar. What we bring to our podcast, which is just beautiful beards and good looks where <laughs> That's what i was just gonna say just rugged handsomeness <laughs> yeah so I, I know what that's like uh john yeah it's a <laughs> it's a heavy weight to bear uh it's you know it's it could be a struggle at times but yeah um, as, ask mikey to pronounce one russian hockey player's name go ahead <laughs> go ahead one say Chara's first name zadano <laughs> He <laughs> got it. That's, Zedano. That's, that's, Zedano. You can't even see. You can't it sounds like an Italian it. restaurant. Yeah, I'm not over at Zedano's on. Hey, I'm going to get the Zedano's and, uh, and the mussels in his sauce. <laughs> but this guy can't even say Lou Lamorello's last name. You hear him say Lamorello. He threw an extra I in there. Yeah. <laughs> Lamorello. Yeah. What's the rest of your last name? You got a, you got a vowel at the end of that name? Italians like to add as much as they can into their name. So, you know, <laughs> if I spoke to him in person, he would be really pumped. He'd be like, thank you for all the extra vowels <laughs> and syllables. He'd be all about it. That oh, was what God. was that's what's going to be missing from his Hall of Fame speech is somebody just adding vowels to his name. I'm sure. <laughs> Give me Probably. money. I'll do it. I'll do it. But, yo, so, OK, let's just like get into some some Islanders talk. So. Uh, we've got. The I was pumped for the music stuff. We're doing Islanders talk first. Uh, uh, well, we're, we'll get to music stuff for sure. And, okay. and see, I'm the music guy for the most part. So if I can get like my like three or four Islanders talking points in, um, it'll That's be fair. great. So people will think that like I actually know what I'm talking about, which is He's awesome. Not wearing, so, you're not just wearing the hat. No, nah, I mean, it's, you know, someone gave me this hat. I don't even know what this <laughs> means. But uh, so we're fast approaching the season. We've got a couple of weeks to go and then uh, we're going to have some some real hockey going on. So. Um, you know, Islanders Twitter is one of those crazy places, right? Where there are always different ideas. No, no, no. Tell, tell, us, all... tell us about that. <laughs> no, what is what is that? So I doesn't even dabble in it. I, you no. see, you think I you think I don't, but I do. I just don't contribute to it. I just watch it from afar. So but, you are um, the white SUV or whatever the Isles SUV. He's I'm one of those accounts that are constantly yelling at me whenever I announce some sort of news. Exactly. For sure. For That's sure. What I, that's what I do. But uh, so, you know, you'd kind of like to think that maybe there's one, you know, one big move left. But then again, maybe there isn't. Uh, but, you know, since you guys probably have a little bit more insight and are, are kind of connected to it a bit more than than I might be. What are we thinking? Do we think that there's another big move out there or are we thinking that, you know, we're we're going into the season with what we got? Jay, what have we been saying? 
Uh, since I think, July. I, I think it is what it is right now. I think you see. I think the roster you see is what's going to be on the ice uh, October fourteenth. Um, you know, Chara will will likely play. Uh, now that he's an Islander, he'll probably play a, a, a role where he plays every other night. I, I don't know if I see him playing 82 games. He'll he'll likely rotate in. Uh, maybe Andy Green rotates in as well. Let's see if Gustafson, you know, wins a, a contract. You could see one of the kids in Salah or Bolduck rotate in, maybe get the uh, Dobson treatment from two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think really what Lamorello has set himself up for right now um, is he's got some flexibility because, you know, he's got a, a little bit of change in his pocket going into the season. And if they need to make a move at the deadline or something like that, he's setting himself up for, for that kind of a situation. So um, I think from, you know, the, for the beginning of the season, at least, I think Char will be just fine uh, filling in for, you know, whether it's on the second pair or the third pair, we'll see how the pairings line up. But I think the top six in, on defense is set. They've got depth. I mean, they got a ton of forwards. So there's, yeah. there's, not really any more room for forwards. Mm-hmm. As for defensemen, they still have Hickey and Ajo, uh, and, and some of those kids are, are waiting to uh, get their shot. Salos come over from the uh, the SHL and Bulldog impressed last season. I think they would, the organization would like to have those kids get some more time, um, and that makes Chara the perfect stopgap. And and you know Andy Green's got another season with the Islanders, and he was you know perfectly fine in in an eighty two uh, no I'm sorry fifty six game season. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to last that long, but he's a horse. He he can do it. So, yeah, I think we're going to go into the season knowing with the uh, with with the roster that we are seeing projected now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's a move, it'll probably be you know a deadline move or someone gets hurt, you know, at, at that time. So, in researching a recent article that I did, Shara actually played more minutes a night than either Dobson or Green. Yeah. So he's it, he's capable of of doing it. Eighteen minutes it, on average. Right. So my guess up front is maybe they have they treat the second and third pairing the same and they yeah. kind of put them out. They 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 lean a little heavier on Pelic Pulak if they can. Um they have to kind of put Mayfield and Green out together at times to kind of continue to shelter Dobson a little bit, shelter Char at times. That might work out. Um Gustafson would be a seventh defender yes. if they need a you know an uh, an injury or they need look Green's going to be thirty nine, Charles forty four. I don't see them playing. I don't know about every other night, as Jay said, but I I don't see them playing every single game. So yeah. you do need someone to kind of come in here and there and and skate. Obviously, Aho and Hickey don't seem to have that trust from management or coaching, yeah. which is disappointing because Hickey played such a big role in this team a number of years ago. Um, that first Tampa series in whatever year that was, 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I have a feeling that someone needs to be a seventh defender. They might be happy with that. A lot of the underlying numbers, Char is actually not that far off from Letty. It's obviously a different player. Um, I, I think it's going to be a change in what the defense plays like. You're not going to have that smooth skating guy to get the puck out of the zone you are going to need to rely on your forwards to be able to skate the puck out when they need to so it's gonna it's gonna look a little bit different there's gonna be some growing pains i think in us trying to figure out what it's gonna be long term um i'm not i'm not sure i I don't think they have the room like literal room on the on the roster to have somebody have a dobson treatment it's Mm -hmm. it's possible if they can bury enough they can just throw everyone down 
everyone that was signed recently is all two ways it looks like yeah so that's nothing to worry about but so, you kind of have to figure things out from there you mentioned some possible line combinations so i was kind of salivating at the thought of chara and mayfield i feel like they would be like the bash brothers or just, they're just slimy and no one would <laughs> want to play against them like I, I was I was really excited about that possible combination. Go ahead, Joe. I I think that's the the pairing. I don't think it's all the time. I think you're gonna sh- I think you're gonna shelter Chara and Dobson. Um, it, it's interesting. You know, <laughs> when I tweeted initially, I said you know you could see a Chara uh, Mayfield pairing. I was basically lashed. Um, but you know, it's, it's very well possible. I, I, I think, what you know, the fuck it's, is this guy drinking over a, here? Sorry. Oh, it's, it's iced tea. <laughs> you know, yeah, out, of a, fucking... out of a vase. What <laughs> no, is it's that? Like a, that no, it's, a, it's like a Mason jar. Uh, d- dude, these things are fucking dope. Uh, I got six of them for uh, 12 bucks on the Wayfair machine. It's awesome, dude. Sorry to cut you off, James, but sometimes it just does something. I ridiculous. saw it and I was like, you know what? He's going to like it. casually drink out of that thing. Like, it's not ridiculous. Bro, you anyway. drink kombucha out of the same shit. Don't start with me. Anyway, oh uh, no, you know, I think Chara and Mayfield is definitely a uh, a pairing you, you could see. I think Mayfield skating is underrated. He sometimes shows these flashes of potential of moving the puck. Uh, we all saw that goal he scored against the, the so Lightning. Good. In, in in the the third round last yeah. season, so in the, in the postseason, so I, I think he's underrated on his skates. Um, but at the same time, it also wouldn't surprise me if Dobson got a promotion if he saw second line minutes or or second pairing minutes. Um, Chara's got a history of playing with young guys. You know, when when uh, Charlie McAvoy broke into the league, that's who he played with, Zdeno Chara. So. Um, you could see him playing with Dobson and maybe Dobson, uh, you know, adopts that Letty role and Char and green there. could swap. I could see that. Yeah. And, and I think Mayfield would be perfectly fine playing with Andy green. So I don't see any issues in, in those pairings either. Um, you know, and, and like I said, Dobson could adopt that Nick Letty role, move the puck a little bit. You know, they, I, they're going to want, um, Noah Dobson in his third season to evolve. And that might be what it is, is, is more minutes and, being more of that puck moving defenseman that he has the ability to be. He was that player in juniors and, and he's was drafted to be that guy eventually. Um, and I think this is the the year that he, he takes another step. And they might do be comfortable bringing in Chara after having traded Letty because they feel yep. Dobson can kind of get into right. that role similar to on the offensive side of things with Wallstrom. Exactly. You don't necessarily need to make a big move. They just need to make sure they can fit everyone have good lines. You bring in Parise, even if you lose that, you get Lee back. Wallstrom can be your guy. You can, right. he could score. I mean, you said you think he could pot 30, um, but do. he's def. I think he's, he was easily a 20 goal guy last year. Yeah. Um, he scored so, at a 22 goal pace. So yeah. yeah, these young guys, they, they need to be given a chance and, and, you know, teams around the league, you know, they give the young guys chances and at 20, 21 years old, they're, they're impact players. So, uh, it's not really the mo of Lamorello and Trotz to to let the young guys play, but with the times and the flat cap and and restrictions on on money, you might have to give them that chance. Hey, and I I like how you mentioned how Lou still has a little pocket, you know, money in his pocket for that trade deadline because sure. you know, depending on how this season plays out, you know, we're expecting to to be at the top half of 
of the Metro. So, yeah, you know, going after another, you know, Kyle Palmieri type player, you know, I, I don't study who's going to be possibly available at the trade deadline, but like someone like that, like a big ticket name to just, yeah. you know, as a rental. And just get us over that hump, man. That's huge, especially if we don't miss anyone, like any major part of our team due to injury. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, who that might be, I, I don't know. Um, it depends. Some of those teams on the bubble, those ninth and 10th place teams, you never know who's going to make people available. Yeah. So that's, oh, it's yeah. anyone's guess right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, this whole offseason was about are the Islanders going to get Vladimir Tarasenko? And apparently, According to Andy Strickland today, he looks incredible in camp. And of course, you know, who 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 wouldn't look incredible that that you know where when a team wants to trade the guy away, yeah, he looks course. amazing. He's yeah. the he's the best player. He's going <laughs> to score fifty goals. But um, you know, if he's if he is in fact healthy and he can prove himself, maybe in uh, in a couple of games this season, um, you know, maybe they circle back to that. I know Johnny Gaudreau's contract is is uh, coming to an end with the Calgary Flames. So if they don't take a step in in the right direction in Calgary, maybe he's a guy that they look to. So a um, couple names that could be available. Um, They're all about fit, though, I think. And that's what makes they it are. Really hard. Right. Like you don't know what these guys are like in the room. What are they? What's their reputation around the league? And they right. That's been a very clear factor for this administration. Yeah, I think the big thing for me, um, you know, looking at this season, to he- if in in my I'm beating the the Oliver Wallstrom drum. I I really am. It's a huge year for him, and if he can prove himself as a uh, a bona fide goal scorer in this league, listen, he was on a 22 goal pace last season. It was his first full season, um, and it wasn't even a full one. Uh, in 40 something games, he he was going to score, have scored 22 goals. I think if he gets a shot at, at playing with Barzell, you could see him score 30. And suddenly the need for an, another uh, offensive player is no longer there. They're they don't pretty, need a big goal scorer. They need balance. Yes, they're pretty stacked at forward. So, in my opinion, uh, you know, my my early bold prediction, you might see a guy like Ekholm with Nashville. Uh, be the guy on on defense who Lamorello acquires to solidify that blue line. Um, you know, we're talking about 45 year old Zdeno Chara, you know, soon to be 40 year old Andy Green. That might be the move at three and a half million dollars and 31 years old uh, with Nashville, you know, kind of having a, a what's going to happen with them this 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 season. Nobody really mm-hmm. knows. They're either, you know, going to, you know, it, it, they're they're in a weird, awkward transition period. Yeah. They're either going to be be good or they're going to be really bad. So it really it depends on how uh, how it stacks up for them. All right. I, I love to hear these predictions that at the end of the day might be absolutely just hogwash and not really yeah. anything. But this is this is what's fun about being a fan and being a diehard fan of a, of a certain team is just having these conversations. I, I love them. But I do want to kind of just peel it back even more to talk about you guys because that's really why we we got you on here so you know john i know you are in syracuse now and james you're on staten island so i guess walk me through your fandom because at the end of the day yeah you guys write for the island write about the islanders and you talk about the islanders but you guys are also fans of the islanders so i'm just like curious about your story as fans so I guess we could start with you, John, because that's kind of interesting to me since you're in Syracuse, New York. Well, I'm, I'm from Long Island originally. 
So I, I grew up there. I went to uh, Sachem High School. I won't say which one, um, although it's not <laughs> hard to look up. Uh, but yeah, I, I grew up on Long Island. Uh, I started going to games, I want to say 95 or so. My grandpa took me to my first game. Uh, thinking back, I wish I knew I remembered a little bit more about them because it was I'm pretty sure it was like the Penguins, which means Lemieux was there. I might have been one of the first seasons with Carolina. Um, I've seen the Sabres. It was like the really, the really early years. So I've been a fan forever. Um, as a matter of fact, there was I had a neighbor that loved Darius Kasparitis, and he would always wear his Islanders gear. And I had he actually gave me all these magazines from like that mid '90s fisherman years and the 25th anniversary, the silver anniversary editions of everything. So there's somewhere at my mom's house on Long Island now. Um, but he loved Casparitis and he had all the fisherman gear. So I loved it all. Um, just cause he was a few years older than me. And I just kind of like looked up to him and, um, I actually keep in touch with him here and there. Um, I still bug him for a fisherman Casper Jersey, uh, that he's not. He ever... Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And he's oh, never yeah. going to sell it to me. And I bug him all the time. Um, and like when I talk to him at the end, I'm always like, yeah, sell me that Jersey. And he had like a really, he had a pink aluminum Nike stick too, that I really wanted. Um, which wouldn't do me any good. I'm sure it's like a junior or something, but um, yeah, that's where the that's where the fandom started. And then I moved to Syracuse. I went to SUNY Oswego, and um, then I stuck around afterwards after I, my graduate degree and been here ever since. All right. Most people don't stick around, especially when you're from Long Island, where it's a you know a little more, uh, I guess, desirable of a place, and also less gray and snowy and <laughs> miserable all the time i mean the it's a beautiful place to live not to just go right uh, the opposite of what you're saying i think it's a beautiful place to live i'm an outdoorsy i became an outdoorsy person i like going on hikes i can kayak wherever i want i can ride my motorcycle and not get killed a lot less likely to be killed here i guess <laughs> um it's it's open it's cheap to live here um you know, your goal after college is to move out. And it was easy to do that here. I didn't need a big fancy job. I could just move out. And, you know, I was living in Brooklyn before that. Actually, right before the Islanders moved to uh, Barclays, I was down the street working uh, between Dean and Bergen on uh, Vanderbilt as they were building it. And, um, yeah, it was just I, I moved up here and I stayed and for love because um, that always works out. And... <laughs> And then I, you know, afterwards, like I just stuck around and I was like, wow, I actually do kind of like this stuff. I do like being outside and being within an hour of like, I can go skiing in the winter and I can whatever. So it's, uh, yeah, I've liked, I've liked living here. It's a small community. We'll talk about the music. I know you're going to bug me about that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I love Long Island, but I don't know that I'm in love with it anymore. It's, I, I moved when I was 17 and I'm 30. Yeah. or about to be 31. So it's been a long time and I haven't been an adult there. So I get to go home and I'm a kid. I just go get, I eat <laughs> all the carbs ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'm training for a race and go to the beach or see family or friends or whatever that are still around. And um, yeah, I, I like it. It's good to be, I'm a six hour car, right? It's not a big deal. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the the prevailing factor that, you know, kind of comes into play when a lot of people talk about leaving Long Island, you know, it's Long Island is, is a great place to a fault. You know, when you go back to Long Island, sometimes you see some things that you hadn't seen in the past. Uh, so, you know, I always thought Long Island to be like a very, very liberal place 
when I was growing up. And then uh, I go to Orlando, which is like a really liberal place. And then I go back to Long Island and I realize that like, holy shit, man, it's like, it's boomer central on Long Island. And there's a lot of, it's uh, something uh, that's, I don't know if we're getting that deep into it. James is like, <laughs> he's, he's waiting for me to get I'm on my soapbox. Right I'm on my way. I got to go guys. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's heard enough about this. Um, well, it's, it's funny. And like, we, we were a little worried. We had um, Chris Dose from anti-flag on. Um, and I know both of you know exactly who that is and sure, where yeah. he stands on things. And we're like, oh man, like hopefully people stick. Cause that was really early in the show. And if yeah. we had a bad reaction from that, that could have been it. Um, but you know, and I keep saying stuff and we've kind of, I don't want to say we, I don't think we're pushing anything. I think I'm being genuine, um, with it's, this is what I believe to be the right thing to, to a large degree. And I don't know, people, st- they either, they fast forward if they hear me get on the soapbox, I'm yeah. sure they skipped like his commercial. I mean, we've, we've done it too on our podcast. Like, you know, we try not to be partisan, but like there are things that Mikey and I are both like-minded on and they've come out in our podcast just because they're important. You know, we've, We've talked about, you know, on a couple of episodes, you know, the the importance of of inclusivity in hockey. And we've hammered that point away many a time. And whether that's turned people off, to be honest, I don't really give a shit. Like if you are listening <laughs> to our podcast and you don't jive with that and you have a problem with that, don't fucking listen to our podcast. Go listen to a fucking Tony D'Angelo be an asshole. Like I don't really care. Yeah. And that's um, and that's kind <laughs> of the thing. And we've done that and we like we tried um yeah. We made, we actually had a conversation. Uh, Joe Pantorno, who is the official third member of the show, and, and mm-hmm. Jay and I talked about that. Like, how do we be more conscious about our language on the show? Yeah. Um, how do you just say players instead of guys? It's hard. I catch mm-hmm. my, I still do it all the time. Sure. And yeah. It's, me too. But it's important to be conscious about that kind of stuff. Close, you know, yeah. do the, the Black Girl Hockey Club pledge. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's accountability. And I think it's as people. I've, yeah. I've started to, if I hear something, I'm like, that's not nice. <laughs> I, I know it's, and that's, that's kind of what it, I don't know how else to say it. I'm not going to tell you you're a jerk and that you're an idiot for believing these. He's like, that's, that's not nice. Like yeah. you can't just be like, oh, herd immunity and we're going to, everyone should just die. That That's not the right, <laughs> you know, you got to know that's not nice. Yeah. That's just not a good, that's not a good thing. You wouldn't yeah. say that about most of, well, maybe they would. You shouldn't say that about most things, right? So agreed, agreed, and, and it just—it really was just like kind of an eye-opening thing. Uh, you know, I was just back on Long Island uh, like three weeks ago for a buddy of mine's wedding, and um, you know, like it just—it kind of like hits you, hits you right in the gut when you, you know, you kind of see these. And, and even though I'm only about five years removed from Long Island, I mean, it's still like the, that five years of removal just kind of like punches you in the gut sometimes because you just you see all these things that you maybe didn't think you were seeing five years ago or you just didn't see five years ago, but the lens you know. of which we look through things now is just different. We're much Absolutely. more aware of yeah. things. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, think I can't even thinking about junior high and things mm-hmm. like that and the things we were saying and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff where we even kind of knew it was wrong then and we shouldn't. Yeah. And I don't, I feel gross about it, mm-hmm. but we grew and we adapted and things changed yeah. and Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but I'll give the floor to James so he can talk about being from Staten Island. Yeah, I'm just curious about that, too, because I know Staten Island is That's weirder than Syracuse. Like, you, you yeah. got to know that Staten Island is te- typically Rangers country. So, yeah, tell me about it. T- tell me, uh, you know, 
No, what tell him like about it. That's what he's asking. <laughs> growing up as an Islander fan on Staten Island. Yeah, uh, I think my dad was a front runner. You know, <laughs> he grew up in the uh, in the eighties, and you know that's when the Islanders were winning, and so were the Cowboys. And coincidentally, he's a Cowboy fan, and so were the Yankees. And coincidentally, he's a Yankee fan. So um, I am to all of those things minus the Cowboys. Um, I just couldn't, I don't know, fathom that. But um, you know, I grew up playing hockey. I got my first pair of skates when I was three and never left the ice. So fell in love with the game. Um, you know, my dad's probably more of a baseball fan than he is a hockey fan, but he is also, you know, he's a hockey head like I am. Um, but I fell in love with the game more uh, as an Islander fan. And, uh, you know, growing up watching the Islanders, it was, there was a lot of exciting moments. And I re- I still remember being in my living room, you know, cause I couldn't go to the, uh, the game uh, watching Sean Bates score that penalty shot. And, and, you know, my dad's friends were over and I was just watching everybody go crazy about it. Cause my dad's friends were all Ranger fans and uh, you know, they just loved watching a good hockey game anyway. And we actually had just come back from the park from playing hockey on, on, on uh, blades. And um, they're all, you know, giving my dad a you know, shit about, you know, the, the Islanders winning that game and everything. And it was just a great time. And I just fell in love with that, that atmosphere. And I, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, like this is in my house. You know, when when you get to the state, that's the the arena and and the crowd. I, I love that you know that roar of the crowd as well, um, and just playing the game. Uh, I, I love the the reaction from the other bench and everything like that. So uh, I fell in love with the game. I fell in love with the Islanders, and then you know when it came time to think about what I wanted to do with my life, I was like, well, why not just you know make this what I want to do with my life? I'm not going to play for them because I'm not nearly that good, but. I could write about them. You know, I, I'm, I was pretty good in English class. I could take a couple journalism courses and uh, sure enough, I did that. And, you know, now here I am today where all my friends on Staten Island hate me because I <laughs> am an Islander fan and an Islander writer. Um, but they're, you know, good support because, uh, you know, at now being where I'm at they're they're all happy to see, uh, you know, that I, that I cut through the noise and, and was able to, uh, to, to get where I am now. So, uh, but John makes fun of me all the time. He tells me, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drown you in garbage water because he's like, yeah. I can see the dump from outer space. <laughs> like it's not even here anymore. Well, tell tell everybody <laughs> where you can, where they can find your work now. Uh, yeah. So uh, as of last Friday, yeah, Friday, um, three eighteen p.m. Three, <laughs> Eastern time. I literally, John was my first call after I accepted the position. Not even his wife. <laughs> not even my <laughs> wife. It was John first. Uh, you can now find me working with uh, David Pagnota and the fourth period. Unbelievable. Hey, so, are you, you congratulations, uh, man? Thank you. Are you still doing the teaching gig then, or is yeah, it take that, up more it's, time? It's in a part time capacity right now. Um, we talked about the possibility for of, of other things in the future. Um, still teaching kids on Staten Island. In fact, I was uh, uh, there today, and <laughs> it's it's interesting being back in the building with with all the kids, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, teaching is a great, uh, a uh, uh, great career, and and I did, uh, I do love it, um, but I don't love it as much as I love this. Like when I'm not doing that, this is all I'm thinking about. I'm only thinking about, you know, what's going on in the news. Um, you know, what's the next, what's the next email I'm going to get for what I have to report? What's the next thing I'm going to write? Uh, what's the next transaction? Like I'm, I'm just so claws deep into this. Um, that although I do love teaching, uh, pretty soon, I'm, I'm hoping that it's, it's going to be a thing of the past for me and I'm going to be doing this full time. 
Hopefully, no one that you work for is listening to the show. <laughs> no, they, that would be a hell of a resignation. It, uh, it, 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 <laughs> it's uh, secure enough where I could say that kind of thing. And and if it oh, happens, they're Ranger fans, so that's <laughs> yeah, and fine. that too, they're Ranger fans. So if yeah, they haven't they fired me already, the top forty, so they're <laughs> definitely not listening to this podcast. <laughs> well. Before we actually do move into some music talk, um, let's just take a quick breather to uh, hear from our sponsor, and uh, we'll be back on the other side if I can find the, the video that I'm going to play. All right, so here's a, a quick word from our sponsors at DraftKings, and we'll be back in a minute or so. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings has given new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any Week 3 game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So you could definitely tell right when I got to like the call of action, I was so out of breath. <laughs> I was like puffing my inhaler at the same time. It was, it's tough. Dude, you're probably, you're... It leaves me hanging. Who is that background music? I want to take a guess. Take the guess. I want to. I couldn't really tell. Was it We Are the Union? Close, no. but not. It's uh, it's this band Keep Flying, who it just so happens to be that their horn player was in We Are the Union for a short spell, but they're called Keep Flying, and they're pretty interesting. Dope. I yeah. was like, that would be a name drop. I haven't thought about that band in forever. I was like, damn, that sounds yeah. a lot like them. We Are The Union is actually, uh, I think they have some new music coming out, uh, which is like their wow. first in a couple of years, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, real quick before we dive into that, you know, it's it's weird. This got very meta. We're like peeling the onion back, talking about our ad read that just happened. But like everyone needs to think that our ad read is happening in real time. But now you're telling everybody that it, or like you recorded it. So it's like kind of like breaking the fourth wall a little bit. So I don't know if you <laughs> oh, should do I didn't that. know. I don't know. I'm sorry. No, oh, I'm, wait, I'm, you're I'm talking not about... talking about you. No, I'm talking about Mikey. You were fine. Oh, what... Dude, you don't know what was going on behind that silver DraftKings screen. I was reading that whole thing live. <laughs> we we were, we did that too for, for a while. That just changed. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had done it. We had. Oh, well, no, no, we never did. We were. And now we have two. That. So it's a disaster. Yeah, so yeah. talk. Tell me about Manscaped. So, what's going on downstairs? Is that uh, are you guys 
actually you want, uh, is your the is product. your rocket ready for takeoff? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I never been more embarrassed. I'm I have a lot of shame. I have a lot of shame. So that I sitting alone and doing that wasn't better than doing it live because at least it felt like it was in the moment I could forget about it. But then you're messing up when you're trying to record it, and you have to say that over and over. Um, we will right. say we're big proponents of the boxers. They're okay. right. fantastic. I'm wearing, I am wearing them as we speak. It, it, they are fantastic. Promo code eight NHP twenty. Um, <laughs> quick plug. Love that. Love quick that. Plug. But uh, for, for yeah. Anyway, we can we can move on off that. It's hard. No pun intended to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. You know, if your grapefruits are in need of a shorning, manscaped. You know, um, I've been getting all the. What a segue! Holy shit! I've been getting these like we've been getting like a bunch of targeted ads for like a bunch of like testicle stuff between Manscaped and like (laughs) these like shorts that don't chafe and like all this stuff. It's like, man, I didn't realize testicle care was that important until you don't uh, realize it is until you have the product and you're like, wait a minute, hold on. I I I will absolutely say that there's a few products that that I've gotten recently, actually as a result of Mikey or whoever was behind the, the podcast uh, account telling me that I should go after every man, Jack, they had sent me some stuff too. And now I'm hooked on it. Every man. Oh, Jack so is good. great. Man, I love that, that sandalwood. Mm. Yeah, so man. Good. Yeah. It's I, I, they, they sent me some stuff, but now they, they have a, a customer for life. I love Hell that, yeah. man. Love that. Um, but yo, so speaking of testicles, right. Um, you, I'm, I'm sure you guys, okay. I'm sure you guys have spent time, uh in in a in a mosh pit right you know i'm sure both of you have right have you ever actually like taken one to the nuts like while dancing because yeah. uh because i have and yeah. i'll tell you i'll tell you the story it's a short story because it uh took me We've right been talking out of... a lot about balls so i mean it's a, it's a, it's a quick 20 second story uh fear before the march of flames uh, right during, hey kid, I'm a computer. Stop all the downloading. Right as like the breakdown started, I went to like move backwards to like throw a like a backwards haymaker, and then the person in front of me just mule kicked me right in the in the testicles, and I went down right in the floor of the downtown. And that's my story. That's fun. So <laughs> I wish I was there. Ah, well, you weren't because fear before the march of flames would have scared you uh, then and probably now. Definitely now. So uh, let's let's talk about that. So let's talk about, um, you know, growing up in New York, Long Island for most of us, you know, in that scene. I mean, it was a really deep, rich scene. I mean, you could talk about all the bands that came out of Long Island or all the bands that came to Long Island to play. But I mean, let's just kind of talk about that a little bit, you know. We're going to talk about Silent Majority for the next 20 minutes. Everyone I'm, buckle up. I am fine with that, dude. Silent yeah. Majority. So... Uh, <laughs> there I go. I just got him going. And <laughs> so, with one so, you know, so the funny thing about about Silent Majority, or I shouldn't even say it's the funny thing. It's um, so like my introduction to Silent Majority was, of course, after Silent Majority was was long gone. Oh yeah, we're you know, all I, too young. Yeah, for that. exactly. I you know I I had been listening to uh, you know Crime and Stereo and Glassjaw and like all these bands and like you know, and yeah, exactly. And they're all all of their influences were Silent Majority. So I ha- was lucky enough to. Um, uh, before it had closed down at Revolution, Silent Majority did a couple of um, of shows. I think uh, actually the one that they did that I was able to go to was for, um, uh, you know, 
Rob McAllister, who was an Iron Sheik, who unfortunately passed away, and they did like a, a little benefit show for him, and Silent Majority played, and I got to see them, which was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Uh, but like, you know, I always think I'm old going to shows, but when I went to that Silent Majority show, I was the youngin, and that's oh yeah, you can definitely very interesting thing, but. Silent I Majority, yeah. I mean, incredible band. Yeah. I saw Crime and Stereo talk about. Well, I'm going to double up on this. Mm-hmm. I saw Crime and Stereo do Life of a Spectator. Oh yeah. At 89 North. 89 North, yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Just to double down on the Long Island uh, no, hardcore it, scene, and, and the, that is, the movie Life guy was there. I can't remember his name. Vinny. Vinny. Yeah, Vinny he was Wong. there. Who? So who tweeted at me about the the uh, the Syracuse band that I can't even remember who that oh, was? That'd be me. That's yeah, Tom, Mikey. Tom, 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 don't tweet. So, Not yeah, really. let's let's talk about the Syracuse scene as well because the only band I could think of was Honor Bright, which was on Triple Crown Records. Um, when I when I was going to SUNY Cortland. They were like kind of the local Syracuse band. So whenever I went to a show in the Syracuse market, they were always opening. So I've, I've seen what year was that? So years were that I I was at SUNY Cortland from 2005 until 2009. God, that was, that wasn't a bad time around here. You got to, uh, I also wanted to counter with a Long Island band that I feel is kind of the equivalent in, uh, patent pending. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ah, man, so I, it's immediately who i thought of i was like I, I need to i need to counter with something and i feel like patent pending um patent pending ended up like kind of being a, a breakout long island band like they ended up kind of getting a little bit of traction and were able to tour the country and uh they were uh, playing right. and they were playing shows when i was playing shows in high school yeah at, like no. east isop lanes oh yeah and tracks oh, yeah. and ronkonkoma Mm-hmm. and stuff like i was trying to think of this today actually because i was like i need to i don't, so don't want to stumble over myself so what long island band were you in not it was just like a really crappy like garage band that we do like battle the bands at tracks and play at 1 p.m at an empty bar but what 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 year like what years was was this oh like uh oh five to oh eight okay so yeah what band was it it you know it was i don't even want to say because it's embarrassing Okay. Just uh, say it. It's still like this. It was so. This is 2005. Whatever, however old we were. So it's called Strange Generation, and we wanted to be this weird blank Green Day thing. This is like we listened to all like Fat Records bands in high school and stuff like that. Anti Flag, No Effects, whatever. And then obviously, you know, I love Travis Barker because that was who yeah. you loved in 2013. So did I. Uh, if you were Where a budding you? drummer, <laughs> um, that's really close. So real, real quick, let, let's have a let's have a local Long Island band two minute uh, two minute penalty box session here because uh, you were in a Long Island local band around the same time that I was in a Long Island local band, and I guarantee you that there are bands through which our paths crossed. So I'm just gonna like just launch a bunch at you, and you tell me if you remember them. So oh my god, um, Jaded Waste, you remember them? I don't. I'm gonna. Fi- I feel like I'm gonna not. Be that's okay that's fine do you remember a band called a bloodless ambition no okay that's fair madison were... prep madison prep was a connecticut band but they were always on long no island. they were on long island no they were uh they were a connecticut band i'm pretty sure uh but okay Uh-oh, hold on. on the google machine my um, he's going i'm going uh, yeah no i mean go for it i'm <laughs> pretty wiki, sure they're probably a wiki but pretty sure they're from connecticut um let's see uh you were out in suffolk yeah i 
we i don't know our shows were i don't know if we i i can't even remember who we played with that like we played at tracks a bunch like i said east ice of lanes sticks out to me as um mostly the bowling um yeah, so, so east ice of lanes was was interesting because east ice of lanes uh the guy that ran those shows was a very good friend. friend of both of ours his name was was john well his he had the big john. he had huge gauges he would every time we would play like in between a song uh he would just yell play raining blood i think you might be thinking of charlie mertens because he was he was there helping run stangle shows but he had the gauges but then again you might be thinking of jjr madison prep band from long ah dude i don't know i thought they were from connecticut but anyways i'm sorry fine whatever you win but nice so so the, the great thing about about like all this long like these long island local bands and stuff is like it was such a it was such a like a, a scene that i was entrenched in uh but like you, know, you have those handful of bands coming out of long island that really did did big things um you know talked about crime and stereo obviously silent majority glass jaw the movie life but then you know you had some of the bands that were a little bit away from that more like punky sound and we're a little bit more on that you know i guess emo wave you know you, you think you're taking back sundays your brand news um your envy on the coasts you know your uh who played at the coliseum like didn't they do a music video at the coliseum oh yeah envy on the coast yeah they did uh our they buddy just, our buddy actually played riot fest like yeah. two days ago and they have a, a a sweet guest feature with anthony green from circa on it and anthony green actually came out during those parts at Riot Fest, which I would that's imagine sick. is probably the first time that's probably ever happened. Maybe, I thought they, I thought, I thought Envy and Circa like toured. Maybe, maybe in the very beginning of yeah, the days. I thought they might have, but so, so he came out and sang on The Gift of Paralysis. That's, yep. that's super cool. That's super yeah. cool. Um, you see, like, I love festivals at this point. I don't like, do you guys remember like the first, like, kind of like punk rock festival that like you guys went to? Claws Fest. I went Claws to Claws Fest. Fest. I was like twelve years old. My dad was okay. like, "We're gonna go to a, we're gonna go to a show," and All it right. was Puddle of Mud. Ooh, okay. Uh, it was the Offspring who absolutely stole the show. Great Chevelle band. wound up, and it was Claws Fest. So it was in December. Um, Chevelle wound up not making it because they got stuck in a snowstorm, and I was super upset because I loved Chevelle then. Um. And oh man, I'm, I'm, it was it. I can't remember who the last band was, but it was a really, really good show. And I was like 12 years old. I was having the time of my life. And I just remember was that like a Madison Square Garden show. It was a mad. No, no, it was a Hammerstein Ballroom. Hammerstein, okay. Hammerstein, yeah, ha- Hammerstein yeah. Ballroom. And uh, I just remember after that, I, I turned to my dad. I was like, Dad, I want to play the drums. And then sure enough. <laughs> you know, ironically enough, John and I are both drummers. So, um, oh god from, damn from it! Then on, yeah, yeah, and that's uh, why Syracuse band connection too is playing in Syracuse bands. But we I, I actually, I was in the Staten Island band scene for a little while, and that was uh, out here. It's it's it was all hardcore. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know that was that was fun. That that wasn't really my style. I like the pop punk. You know, mm-hmm. my I like the the metal and everything like that. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm a wide range of genres in, in rock and roll. I, sure. I love, you know, I love the Beatles. I love Slipknot. I love mm-hmm. Avenged Sevenfold. I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know, I'm ever, I'm all over. Um, and and the band that I was in, they, you know, I was the second drummer. So when I came in, 
Um, everything had already been set in stone. And so they you're tried just heavily. learning stuff. Yeah, and they tried heavily. I've, funny enough, learn, talk about learning stuff. My first show, they told me two days before the show, they're like, hey, we need a drummer. Our you know, guy had like a meltdown and quit on us. So I was like, no, true, you know. No shit. No shit. Who, who doesn't do that in the, in the music scene? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were like, you think you could learn the, this list of songs in, in two days? And I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. Let me see it. I probably know most of them anyway. And he hands me this piece of paper and it was like a scroll and it just fell and hit the floor. <laughs> and I was like, "What? Yeah. there's 60 songs on here. How long is this show? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, it's like an all day event, dude. And I'm like, all right, I know about 30 of them, but I need to learn 30 songs. And I learned 30 songs in two days. I had to be 18 years old. And, you know, my my mom at the time was like, are you going to leave the basement in these next two days? Because I was down there just learning songs for literally 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I luckily didn't mess up too much. They wound up saying, hey, man, we really liked what you did. You want to be in the band? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we tried to, like, re... Um, not, I, w- I don't want to say reinvent the wheel, but we we did a lot of we were very Avenged Sevenfold esque, okay, which that's is cool. true to my nature. I mean, I have a whole sleeve dedicated to them, and Sick. and you know that's that's my favorite drummers, you know, Jimmy the Rev Sullivan, and that's mm-hmm. who I uh, replicate my craft after. Um, and ironically, he was replaced by one of my other favorite drummers from Long Island, Mike Portnoy, uh, from Dream Theater. Yeah. So uh, funny how all that comes. Here's, here's my I know a Long Island connection, a more modern connection. When I was playing in a band four years ago, when we were on tour. We, we played a few shows with Crash the Calm, who yeah. freaking rule. Yeah, great band, Crash the Calm. Yeah, for sure. Good dudes. I yeah. I listen after we were playing shows with them. I listened to that record a million times. Now they're, it's they're so good. They're good. They're, I mean, honestly, and you know, like to bring it full circle, like as far as Long Island bands are concerned, there's a lot of great bands on, on Long Island right now. Uh, there's a band called Somerset Thrower who are just like unbelievable, man. They um, kind of, to me, are sort of like one of those 90s alternative punk bands that would probably fit onto like a bill with like Sam I Am or Hot Water Music and, and are just fantastic. Mm. And then you've got uh, Dad Rock. Yeah, kind of like like dad rock, but more like punky dad rock. I appreciate hot water music the older I get. Oh yeah, but that's the way it goes. Like the the more the more you want to go to fest in Gainesville, the older you you are essentially because like fest is just like the ultimate like dad festival. It's just like the, the festival just takes over the whole like UF campus when all the UF students are away. And they're just like, yeah, $2 PBRs and like seven bands are playing at seven different venues. And like you can walk to each venue and like watch a little bit of a show and then like go like have a seat on a bench and then go to another show and then like Ooh, a bench sit down. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, like, you, Sounds you great. Think, yeah, we got a We got one bench. That's their selling bench. point. They have that yeah. on the flyer. They got a bench. They got a hot dog cart. They've got a bunch of PBR. Sold. Sold. And uh, and most often they've got hot water music like almost every year or less than Jake almost every year. And it's just like a bunch of old sweaty guys just like singing a flight in a crash. New remedy. And it's just great. Everyone's yeah. hammered. Listening so to caution. I can listen to caution a million times. That whole oh, record front absolutely. to back every single time. It's you can. So good. You can. And and so Long Island. But that, that's the thing. So you think Long Island is still crunching out those kinds of bands. You know, Somerset, they Iron Cheek. But then you've got, you know bands like you know this great band max seal who are like a like a 
like a newer emo band, like patterning themselves after like American football and like all these bands. And it's just like, it's really cool to see that Long Island is still manufacturing great music. Um, and like a lot of it's kind of happening in, in, in pockets. And, you know, I think that's a great thing because Long Island just has such a pedigree. Right. And even if it came out of nineties, New York hardcore and evolved into whatever it did, it's just, it's just great. You know, saying you're from Long Island, at least, you know, the whole brand new stigma is kind of starting to go away. Cause like for a while you were like, Oh yeah, I'm from Long Island. They're like, Oh, did you know Jesse? Like, did you, did you see what he did? And it's like, yeah, okay, I guess. Yeah. Turns out I'm not responsible for him (laughs) uh, or the, or the 11 million other people on the sand dune. I know, but that's the thing, man. You tell, (laughs) turns out you're, you're going to be shocked to, to hear this. Oh, you're from Long Island? Do you know Do you know Teresa Del Judas, the, the medium? Have you ever gotten a reading? No, fuck, no. Yeah, we go to the same pizzeria. Fuck yeah, off. probably do, though. Well, I was going to assume that James was just, like, best friends with Pete Davidson because he's from... I'll tell you Island what. Too. I know him. <laughs> See? I went, high, I went to high school with him. Really? You know, yeah, I went to high school with him. He was a year younger than me, but, you know, he was always... Uh, Way funnier always, than James. That's what he was, he was gonna say. He was always way funnier than me because I'm not. John's the funny one. I'm. I'm the. Oh, so I'm, not, not, so I'm, I'm not the funny one. But, um, <laughs> but you know, he he was a genuinely nice person, and and he was always the way he is. You know how you see him on 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 SNL and everything. That's that's Pete. And you know, I'm not gonna sit here and claim like, oh, we're best buds. But um, you know, I would see him in the hallway. I would say, what's up? You know, during high school and everything. You know, regular conversation. And he just, you know, like I said, was the way he was, and and to see, you know, him him come all this way is it, pretty spectacular. I, you know, I it, love Pete Davidson. I, feel I, like I he love him. I think he's hilarious. SNL. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, and even uh, though he, he's his role on SNL is so small, and at times it's like three or four episodes where he's not even on it, or yeah. like he's in the background of a skit or whatever, and it's just. Like when he does come back, he always just like makes a comment, like a snarky yeah. comment, how he's not really even on the show. Yeah, you, no, kn- you know, Kate McKinnon is the the jewel of that show. Oh, love yeah, Kate McKinnon. She is, she is awesome. I just, as well. I, I, I love that about SNL, just in general, about over, like through the years, you know, like cast members that were on every, you know, every night, you know, every Saturday night through and through, as they started to get more and more popular, they start to like, they don't necessarily just leave Saturday Night Live. It's like you just get featured less and less because you got more going on. And then just all of a sudden someone kind of takes your position over and then you're just out there in Hollywood. But uh, I just stumbled across. Um, I mean, it's been out there for a long time, but I just stumbled across it. This uh, video of like um, I think it was like Chris Farley, David Spade, uh, like a couple of people like in the like in some restaurant in Manhattan. Uh, like I think like after like a like an SNL taping or something like they all went out and like you could tell like. Chris Farley, unfortunately, is like coked out of his skull, but he's just like being the archetypal Chris Farley, like in real life, like, you know, like something happened and like, like he, like they ate all the bread and he just like turns around and he's like, more bread, like, come on, you know, like Chris Farley would do. And it's like, holy shit, like that's the Chris Farley I know and love. So I guess, you know, if, if Pete Davidson's much that way, I wonder what it would have been like to like go to school with Chris Farley though. That would have been, uh, that would have been something else, man. Unreal. That'd be a trip. We yeah, went man. to high school with no one cool. Now we went to high school with the voice of Dora the Explorer. Come on. That's cool. Yeah, she did. Come on. Vamanos. Yeah. T- <laughs> I'm gonna, go. Mikey, I'm going to tie it back to Syracuse for you. And I'll answer your band question. I'll get Love through it. that by with another Nickelodeon show 
the voice of SpongeBob, oh, Tom shit. Kenny, yeah, played in a band in Syracuse called the Tearjerkers, which is the best name ever. Because I did a history of rock and roll exhibit when I worked at a museum up on like Syracuse rock and roll history. And I met like his band members. They like came in and like had posters to give to us to like put on display in this exhibit. And uh, I learned that about, I saw a picture really nice, like 18 by 24 of Tom Kenny on stage, like leads being the lead singer of a band. So voice of SpongeBob, uh, bringing it back to Syracuse. Okay. The music scene in the, like presumably like the seventies or eighties, but to answer your question from before Syracuse bands, um, I mean, Polar Bear Club. I, I think people would say maybe it's Rochester. I, I would say I, Rochester, I, but I uh, there's there's a big Syracuse connection with them. Um, uh, I, I, another Breath are that's probably one of my favorite bands. Um, go listen to God Complex right now. Stop listening to the show um, <laughs> and listen to that front to back. It's so good. Um, yeah, Polar Bear Club. Another Breath. You know, if Hope dies, they're like. Auburn, but they were really big. Uh, one of those dudes tattoos me now. Uh, Thad. Yeah, he's they were like cool. a, they were like a kind of like a metalcore band, weren't they? If yeah, they were really, they were really big. Yeah, I didn't, on, I didn't realize. I thought, I thought Ed Gein was from Syracuse too, like that. Ed, Ed Gein is here. Yeah, yeah, so that was. Um, I knew some guys that were like associated with that when I was playing in in a band around here. Um, why am I blanking on Syracuse band? I mean, there's like Earth Crisis. That's like an obvious one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I, th- I mean, the, the Syracuse punk scene's pretty cool. I can listen to like Syracuse or Long Island bands like exclusively. Yeah, like, there, there's enough of them that that are that good. I mean, there's like Honor Bright, uh, Jackson Kids Summer was really good. Um, that's like early two thousands, maybe in the in the tens. I went to college with here. Here you go, uh, Nine Inch Nail, not um, Ice Nine Kills. Did okay. a song with uh, Kate Ellen Dean, if you remember that. She was a lead singer of Jackson Kid Summer. Mikey, Mikey, uh, Ice Nine Kills. So we've had uh, Joe from Ice Nine Kills on the pod before, um, which I was like, that was like before my time on the show. But um, uh, Spencer from Ice Nine Kills is just like such a strange dude. I like watched, I watched the, so I, I've like kind of been like obsessed with this like latest, like reel of videos that they've put out, especially the one where they were biting off of uh, American Psycho. Cause I love that movie. And uh, I just watched an interview that he did and man, he's such a, he's such a wacky guy. He's really is such a wacky guy, but um, it, you know, it, it's, I, I think it's super cool. Like I said, just to kind of dive a little bit into music, but like before we, we kind of split, I, I want to talk a little bit about what, bar down is really about which is the connection between music and hockey um just in so much as like alternative music and at least in in the united states hockey kind of being sort of the alternative sport i guess you'd call it right um the parallels there are so huge but you know we've talked about it ad nauseum but i just want to like kind of get your perspective on it the both of you but so there are so many alternative bands that, that love hockey or play hockey or play in men's leagues or, or rep it, which I think is a great thing. But when you get into the locker rooms, like alternative music is like absent. It's like not there. I mean, like you could probably count on one hand, you know, the, the guys in the NHL that have like 
openly said like, oh, I like this alternative band or I like this, you know, punk band or whatever. I just like, other than the fact that like, you know, half the locker room is Russian and Czech and they're all just weird <laughs> as shit. Like, what are we missing? You know, like why, why, like why is alternative music not like a bigger part of like the actual NHL? Because the hockey itself is such a culture that you step into and it's not anti, like punk is anti-culture. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a movement away from that. Hockey is not about having it being an individual. It's about being part of the team. Uh, you, and- I don't I don't think that that's just part of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're stepping into it, so it's hard to like bring something else. I think like a Jason Pominville, who I believe was in an Every Time I Die video, uh, Decane for the boys, yeah. yep. Decane with the boys, Decane with the boys, yeah. Um, you know, I I, I think that's that's a you know one in whatever chance. Yeah. Like that's not happening all the time. Um, I think, and punk lends itself to being um, to the left of things. Uh, and that is not necessarily what hockey culture is. Um, so I think there's definitely kind of their butting heads. That's it's just, I don't, to me, it, that's just not something that's going to work in theory. It should, but yeah. And the game's getting younger, you know, these younger guys in the leagues, they, it, it's, the music culture now is not what it is or was when, you know, we were young guys in, in the game and, and not to say that we're old, but the, the guys no, who we're are coming into the league now, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but the guys coming into the league, they're 18, 19, 20 years old now. And mm-hmm. you know, the music is all about, I can't even give you a list. Cause I don't even know it's Drake and whoever else after that. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's about like, when you're when you were 20 years old, I mean, you connect with music differently. I I didn't get into hardcore until much later. Like I didn't can I didn't get it. I wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. So some of this stuff might just not connect with them. They're also like it's about struggle a little bit. Not to say that they're not mentally struggling through stuff or whatever, because everyone kind of has their their demons and this and that. But yeah, it's a little bit different. You know, you're you're playing a game for a living. You're making a, a lot of money. It's mm-hmm. not easy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. But it's just a little bit different. Um. Hockey's a lot about partying, and so hip hop and whatever electronic music kind of yeah. fits that bill. Like when you're going out to a bar, uh, they're probably not playing like Have Heart or something, um, which would be really fun. But yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I mean, you do see like when I was in Trench in Syracuse, and and we were on tour, just like playing shows or whatever. There's always people with, like hockey hats on. Like there's a lot of fans. That that yeah. connection makes sense as far as the people that are. Uh, taking part in in the culture just not yeah not always mm-hmm. like who's in the band or who's in, in on the hockey team or something like that um i just don't think it for some reason doesn't translate it do, it should make sense and as yeah. i it's, know, it's it's i it's i i think it's just you know country music is is so huge in canada too that yeah i, I think that's kind of the 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 main genre that these kids are listening to. I wouldn't even say it's necessarily like the trance or hip hop. It's, it's predominantly country music or whatever the tragically hip used to be. That kind of like indie, like they like the city and city and color thing, uh, tragically hip stuff like that. I don't know a ton about, you know, bands coming out of there, but it's also hockey culture. So again, I think it's a lot of like whatever is going on in the bar scene and, that's where they're kind of hanging out. It's just like, yeah. It's just wild to me that like an entire franchise wouldn't listen to like 
Alexis and Fire before they leave the locker room and like just start checking people into outer space. It's like, to me, that just kind of like seems like it needs to happen. It's just like, you know, when I think of like the Islanders identity line, like I want them to all be listening to hate breed and I want them to be listening to like misery signals, like before they step onto the ice and like physically break the ice. And like, that's what I want. But it's just like, I don't know what Matt Martin does. Like I, I just imagine he like, drinks milk and then like skates onto the ice like a <laughs> fucking dummy like i don't know you know but like everyone I gets gets like just... pumped up by different music like i don't i yeah, don't get right. that from hip-hop but i will get that from yeah. like i don't know I, i've been i'm really big in every time i die like oh, that, or, or man, whatever that, like that things yeah things like that like i'll you know i can listen to to pedal or one of those songs and just kind of yeah i got mm-hmm. that, that gets me going for for sure uh knock loose or something like that to, you know yeah, a little bit yeah. like i don't know it doesn't it doesn't click for for everyone they don't express that the same way um hockey yeah hockey players do it through uh they actually get to hit people for a living <laughs> yeah right um so yeah questionable social choices and uh, hitting people with a hockey <laughs> stick for a living i suppose that's how they get their kicks hey hell yeah so I have one final question for you, John. Does Funkin' Uh-oh. Waffles still exist in Syracuse? It does. So the original one closed on on the hill, um, but there's uh, Syracuse University. Sorry, um, that means nothing to anybody who doesn't live here. <laughs> um, but there is one in Armory Square, which is like downtown Syracuse, the second location, which I played shows many a time and gotten fifty percent off chicken and waffles and a free beer, yeah. uh, which is awesome. Um, it still exists. Definitely go to there. It is uh, delicious. <laughs> go to there, there. There is no better smelling venue in the whole entire United States. I can guarantee it. You walk in and it is the best. Like It just hits you instantly. And you're like, wait, I thought I was here to see like a punk rock show. And I played, no, I played a show with, uh, with Somos there. Oh, so what a great band! Love that Somos. was our first. That was our first show at the at the original Funkin' Waffles with was with uh, Somos, and then we later played. We played Pine. They're really cool, and nothing at the Bug Jar in Rochester. Nothing is great too. Yeah, and, yeah. The Bug. Uh, every time yeah. I think of the Bug Jar, I always think of Polar Bear Club because they have you know song named after the Bug Jar and stuff. But like, I've never been up that uh, that far uh, up up. Uh, upstate i don't think i think the furthest i've ever been was like i don't know maybe albany or Cortland. yeah it's unfortunate but yeah Cortland's like 25 minutes away it's from like syracuse is 25 minutes north um i don't know what the music scene's like now like i don't i don't know where shows are happening other than like at uh, lost horizon or something of that nature but um i need to go see shows soon where was the spot on on Staten Island for like smaller shows? The Muddy Cup. The Muddy, the Muddy Cup. Cup was the. Of course, spot. it was. <laughs> uh, the garbage it. water in. <laughs> he dunks on Staten Island every single chance he gets. And it's uh, mostly just funny. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I, I played it. hockey on Staten Island. It's. <laughs> I remember passing the prison or whatever. The, yeah. The penitentiary. It was, uh, but yeah, it was the muddy cup. It then later transitioned to the full cup. Um, 
Hey. Then two girls, one cup. Like what else <laughs> they got? <laughs> just, um, just to create a creative bunch down there. And then yeah. it was, and then it was Doc Street. That that was a, a big one too. It's awesome. Uh, a lot, a lot of good shows have come, come uh, out of those venues, though, for sure. Yo, well, listen. Shout out to the downtown. Shout out to Revolution. Shout out Molly Blooms. Shout out, you know, uh, AMH. R.I.P. Crazy Donkey. R.I.P. Crazy Donkey. Backstreet Blues. I mean, there were so many great places on Long Island to see a show. And I was very fortunate to grow up in an era where there were shows all the time. And I got to see a lot of great music. So I'm very, very thankful. But I'm very, very thankful uh, to the two of you gentlemen for coming on here and chatting a little bit of Islanders hockey and chatting about what makes us tick and the kind of music we love. Uh, shout out Every Time I Die. Um, that new record, Radical, is going to be the most radical record. Every I've never I... pre-ordered a record in my life until that one. Until I that was one. like, I'm I'm all in on it. Oh, it's so good, man. And and they just released Planet Shit last week. And that is Oh, dope. my God. That was so angry. So good. So good. I just like, I can't wait for the record to come out. I'm just so pumped for it. And I'm so pumped to come up, go, go to Buffalo and come to, to the season. I know. I mean, that, that's one. That's something that's on my bucket list, man. I, I you know, tid the season I, I hear is just insane every year. It's funny. A bunch of my buddies from back on Long Island uh, for his bachelor party went and did tid the season. I think two years ago. Um, I was there in 2019 and, yeah, with Glass and, Jaw and Wu Tang Clan because, of course. Yep. I mean, look when you're those when are you're, my people. Yeah, Staten Island. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> those true. Are my people. Staten Island. It, that, that's very true. <laughs> That is very true. Staten Island, yeah, Wu Tang. We did go to high school with ODB's daughter. I do want to just throw that out on the airwaves. I skate guarded Method Man's daughter's birthday party. Oh my god! This is All like right, a spaceballs ad. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, and uh, come on. I'm pretty sure that uh, Daryl Palumbo tossed a bottle of water at me once. So, I guess we're all even, huh? <laughs> Love it. Boys, thank you so much for doing this. I mean, like, it's always great to get to do podcasts where we just get to shoot the shit and I don't have to, like, constantly feel like if I'm not, like, saying the right things, like, some dude from some, like, prestigious punk band is, like, judging me and thinking I'm an asshole. So this is great. Um, Every time it flows. Wait, John's here. He's, he's right there. Sorry, sir. I uh, already did it. <laughs> in, our, in our Discord, you can join a New York Islanders Discord. I have a channel already uh tommy v and uh we're just gonna rip on you forever Do it. rip on me as much as you want because truthfully like um i just i you know i love all this so i'm very very excited about it but here's to here's to some hockey soon and here's to some yeah. some good shit soon and we appreciate your insight and uh i don't know man we'll see if uh zidane Chara's bones don't disintegrate but <laughs> If they do, vowel again. Yep. I one of the funniest <laughs> things I remember. There was a there was a play where Zadino Char was he was skating down the ice. I think he was back checking on a play, and the announcer was like, "Zadino Char is on his horse," and the color commentator goes, "Oh, that poor horse." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh wow, that was that was great timing." It was like the the comedic timing on that was just outstanding. I, I think about that regularly when it's good. It's good. Uh, but wrap it up. Thank you guys so much. appreciate you guys real quick. I know you did at the beginning of the episode, but just hit us again. Uh, where can we find you guys? Yeah. Uh, all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, all the above or we're, we're on every single one. 
Um, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Natsman Hockey. Uh, like we said earlier, too, with the Discord, you can join the Discord. Uh, we have all the meetup groups in there. So if you want to join, it's in our uh, the, the bios and, and, and the links in our bios. Um, so join the Discord and, and chat with guys and, and, and uh, people from uh, where you're from. You know, we have I think we have every single every single place. Right, John? I think I put every single meetup yeah. group possibly in there. There's a few that like there's different people yeah, chatting so, in there. But, you know, it's a safe space. Come join, chat it up, um, you know, engage and, and have some fun. Um, and I think that's that's it for us. Right. You Facebook too. Facebook. Too. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't just read <laughs> off the end of our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network <laughs> and all for, of you. For, yep. for, and Manscaped for keeping it clean downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaped, of, of course, for for letting us talk about testicles for like ten percent of this episode. So yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna send us your numbers for the episode. I'll send it over to them. <laughs> That's promo code NHP20. Yeah, what are they, are they? Are they up to the 4.0 now? What are they up to now? The yeah, lawnmower 4.0 performance 4. package. Good for you guys. Well, listen, uh, if you guys aren't using yours, send them my way. Just make sure you give it a nice little clean before you do. Yikes! The Hockey Podcast Network Bar Down Breakdown. Go check it out. Check us out. We have a playlist that has a bunch of sweet music on it. Go check that out. Check it all out. Do it. Uh, if you want to listen to a professional podcast, the dudes below us, they have it. We don't. So if you want to listen to a non-professional <laughs> podcast, we're the guys you want. If you want to hear the real shit, go talk to them and listen to their shit. Because God, we are fooling everybody. This is fantastic. Because <laughs> they got it unlocked. But we appreciate Unreal. you guys being on here. Let's go, Islanders. Uh, we're going to go 82 0 this year uh, and just poop on everything. So hiya. That's all I got. Guys, thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, guys.